Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Engagement Express, the podcast series for HR, engagement and internal communication professionals designed to give you tips and advice on how to increase engagement in your organisations. This week I'm joined by Jeff Corbin. As a corporate communications consultant for the past 20 years, Jeff is pioneering the use of technology in the communications industry as the ex-founder of Apprise Mobile, a business-to-business enterprise native app platform that includes the employee app for internal communications, the IRAP for public companies, the comms app for external communications, and the conference app for investor, analyst, and other conference and event communications. Prior to Apprise Mobile, Jeff served as the CEO of KCSA, Strategic Communications in New York City. Jeff is a licensed attorney and before joining KCSA, practiced securities and bankruptcy law in New York City. He holds a bachelor's degree from Cornell University and a law degree from the Benjamin N. Cardozo School of Law. Jeff recently joined Staffbase as the Strategic Internal Communications Consultant and is based in New York. So, Jeff Corbin, welcome to the Engagement Express podcast. Really great to have you here. Thanks, Kate. Nice to be with you. Fantastic. So, the topic of our podcast today is IC and tech, a marriage made in heaven, with a question mark at the end. So, what are your thoughts on IC and tech and how they join up the dots? Right. So, communications has been around for forever, right? Um, every organization has some form of communications capability, whether it's an internal person or department or they outsource it. Just recently in the past, say, five or six years, communications focus specifically on the employee has become an industry in its own right. I mean, that's pretty exciting. I remember years ago, probably in 2013, 2014, I went to a quote-unquote internal communications conference in Chicago, and there were 50 professionals in the room. Fast forward to 2019, 2020, there's now hundreds of professionals. So internal comms has definitely taken its own place within uh, corporations. Yeah, it's interesting because I've worked in internal comms for the last, I'd say, 15 years. But back then, when I first started out, it was really in its infancy. And even to this day, actually, I still get the question, you know, what is internal comms, which I find quite fascinating, and that people don't have an understanding of what it actually is, let alone what we actually do as internal comms specialists. So... Yeah, I'm intrigued by that, you know, that people are still struggling with the concept of internal comms. It is. It's really surprising because when you think about it, what is internal comms? It's communications for employees. And that is the largest population. Everyone working is an employee. It's a company's most important audience. So why shouldn't internal comms be recognized for the value and the importance of of what it is? Exactly. And now with the, you know, the emergence of social media, that internal advocacy is so much more important than it was previously. And, you know, you can't have this experience, which is very different to what you're saying to your external audience. So, as you said, it is the most important audience 
that we're looking at. How can we serve them? You know, how can we deliver communications in a way that resonates with that audience? And tech supports that, does it not? Oh, <laughs> that's exactly the point. So you mentioned social media. Social media is a, is a great tool for organizations to be able to have their employees be able to advocate and be a extension of their marketing arm to their customers, to their partners, and to the world. But that's social media. Technology, though, has over the past years really taken on a greater place when it comes to communicating between a company and its employees. Interestingly, you know, here in the US, going to these large events over the years, you didn't see so much by way of technology. It was the same players that were showing up time and time again. But now, in the past, say, five or six years, there's been a huge explosion in technology vendors who are looking to cater to what you mentioned before, Kate, this concept of employee experience and employee Mm. engagement. And it's a pretty exciting time for internal communications professionals as a result. It also, in my opinion, has presented a lot of confusion as to what solutions are appropriate for a particular situation. Yeah, I mean, I find that whole area so intriguing because, as you said, it has to be applicable and it has to be aligned with the organization that it's delivering communications for. And what I've seen more and more are organizations trying to be something they're not. So they see all these wonderful new tools, all shiny and sparkling, you know, they become magpie eyed and, oh, we'll have that. Let's have that. It's glittery. It's shiny. But actually... It's not necessarily aligned with the culture of the organization. It doesn't necessarily fit the type of organization that it is. And there's no right or wrong, really, when it comes to culture. A culture of the organization is the culture of the organization. So you can't really make it something that it isn't. So do you have any thoughts on looking at tech, looking at culture, looking at an organization and the fit? Sure. I mean, you're, the point you made is, is spot on, which is technology doesn't exist in a vacuum or shouldn't exist in a vacuum. Software solutions were created to solve specific problems. In the case of internal comms technology and communicating with employees, there are numerous types of technologies that serve different purposes. So we have email you know, which has been around for a long time. We have corporate intranets, which have been around for a long time. Then there are a new breed of technology solutions like mobile apps that were developed. I actually founded a mobile app technology company that I recently sold to a private equity firm. You know, the concept of a mobile employee app, when I created it, was to address and solve a very specific problem, which was the difficulty that organizations had in getting information to communicating with and engaging with their non-desk workers. So the 3 billion, if you can imagine it's that large of a number, the 3 billion workers who aren't sitting behind desks, they don't use desktop computers as part of the day-to-day work, They aren't necessarily given email addresses from their employers. So therefore, email is not a way to communicate. They can't communicate via email. Um, These are the folks that are sitting in trucks that are 
on the front line in hospitals caring for patients that are, you know, on manufacturing lines. How does a organization communicate and get information to these people? Well, up until the proliferation of mobile technology, it was really difficult. But with the proliferation of mobile, now there was an opportunity for internal comms professionals to be much more effective and efficient in their work and to be able to essentially go straight to the jugular of the person they wanted to reach, i.e. The, their employee, their dead non-desk employee. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I've come across this quandary so many times in the different roles that I've carried out um, over the years. You know, you've got this, as you say, desk-based employee or office-based employee with a computer or with a desktop, with a laptop of some kind, a device of some kind, you know, and their daily life centers around a particular location and a particular building. Whereas, as you say, there are many people who don't work at desks and, you know, how do we reach those people? Um, But more importantly than how we reach them is how we engage them with tech, because I have been on the receiving end of and actually project managed mobile apps for employees. But then you've got this idea of creating something which sounds good on paper, but then the deployment is a second difficulty and challenge because these people are already by default disengaged because they've not been communicated to very well over the years. So you suddenly introduce an app, but so what? Exactly right. You know, there has to be a purpose. There has to be an underlying objective for the use of the solution, Mm. whether that is going to be as a way to have one-way communication to deliver information where maybe email is not available, or is the objective to bring people together and to establish community and to encourage a two-way dialogue between employees but also between the organization and their employees. So it's really defining what that objective is and then looking to see whether or not this specific type of technology is going to allow you to accomplish that objective. But it's really laying it out first and not thinking, oh, okay, I need an app you know, for employee communications. Okay, great. I have an app. Now what? Yeah. Um, or an intranet. Is, is that going to work? I need a new intranet. Why? Because it's prettier. There has to be a real purpose to why you want to have a technology and how it's going to work. And then to understand the demographic of your entire workforce, to look at the entire organization and determine whether or not you're going to actually be able to reach all the employees in the organization and accomplish your goals at the same time. Yeah, and I constantly struggle with that idea of meeting requirements because you're having to persistently think uh, of the problem from the audience's point of view. So you keep thinking to yourself, we need to deploy an app, we need to reach employees, we need to reach mobile employees, we need to engage them. But that's all your goals, all your objectives. You know, from their perspective, they're busy, they're mobile, they don't access their laptops, they don't have company equipment. You know, they're focused on client work. They don't have the bandwidth to look at corporate information. You know, how do you meet those requirements whilst still reaching out to the employees who are office-based? You've got so many people to please that it can make your head hurt. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's, you know, understanding and reaching out and, you know, hearing from your employees as to what they're looking for. It's also mixing the types of content 
to make sure that you're giving them information, content that's important to them, that's relevant to them in their lives, whether it be their personal lives or their work lives. I like to refer to this type of content as the need to know content. Mm. But then there's also the quote unquote nice to know, the nice to have information that's more about the organization, the good things happening within the company, the content that furthers a company's mission and its vision and its values. In order to attract employees to want to take advantage of a new solution, you got to give them a good mix of both. But first, you have to appeal to what they really want themselves. At the end of the day, it might sound a little crude, but it's all about me and what Mm -hmm. I want. (laughs) Give me what's important to me, and then the opportunity really opens itself up to share everything else that's important to the organization. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, some intranets are, some intranet pages, for example, are so well visited, like policies and forms and, you know, annual leave and all of that, because those are the things that are pertinent to the audience. They need them and they use them most frequently. It's not because they like the pages or, you know, they want to visit them necessarily. That page or those pages deliver a solution to a particular problem. Problem being, you know, I need to book my leave. Solution being completing the online form. You know, it's it's all very simplistic. And sometimes, you know, as you say, we do overcomplicate things unnecessarily. But, you know, it's an ongoing challenge for those of us who are working in internal comms and deploying tech constantly. So when you look at the, I mean, you're a clever guy, you're experienced, you know a great deal about tech, having developed one yourself, an employee app yourself. What do you think about the current landscape for internal comms tech? Because, you know, there's been so much discussion online. You know, I've been looking at a lot of social media sites like LinkedIn, for example, and people who've been working through lockdown in the UK and across the world, in fact, have, you know, suddenly been had their eyes opened to tech and what it can do for an organization in this kind of remote working situation. So from Teams to Zoom to Slack. What's your view on where we are today with this vast array of choices? Oh my, Kate, you have just hit on a a topic that I think about all the time, and I've been doing a lot of writing on it. So the short answer to your question is that the technology market for internal communications is incredibly confused these days. There are dozens and dozens of vendors out there all claiming to solve the internal communications problem. One of the leading tech analyst groups, Gartner, in the middle of 2019, put out a what they call market guide for employee communications applications. I am now referring to it as ECA. And yeah. in that market guide, you know, no disrespect to Gartner, I have a great relationship with that organization and rely on their research. But they really threw all types of internal comms, employee comms technology into this market guide. So they included email solutions and intranet solutions and mobile app solutions and collaboration technologies and chat. And when you read the report, you took a step back and you said, I don't know what these things do or how they're going to solve my particular problem. They recently updated their market guide uh, towards the end of October. And it was more of the same. And this time they threw in, like you mentioned, some of the Microsoft solutions like Teams and Yammer. Um, yeah. They threw in the market guide 
field service companies like ServiceMax. And I took a step back and I looked at this and I said, huh? How can this be? How am I as an internal communications professional supposed to know which solution is appropriate for me? So the market is extremely complicated and confused. That's where it's really important when a company is considering some sort of solution that they take that step back, do a complete 25,000 foot view analysis of the demographic of their employees, define their objectives, and then they can start to figure out what the correct solution is. But if you were to look at the Gartner report, or even if you were to go onto Google and search employee communications applications, you're going to see dozens of vendors that are all claiming to do the same exact thing and claiming that they can solve the entire IC problem. It's not the case. Yeah, it's so true. And you look at these, I describe them as mass-produced tools because everyone seems to have access to them and they are so widely available as part of a, a kind of a subscription, you know, like Teams comes with Office 365. But they're often used in a way that they weren't necessarily designed to be used and the manufacturers don't seem to correct people. So it's interesting that, you know, more and more Teams is being seen as a collaboration tool. But actually, I don't think that was ever its purpose, its intended purpose. I think its intended purpose was to be a project team-based tool for close exactly. teams working. Yeah. Yes. But it now it's being used. And obviously, Microsoft have responded and they're, you know, creating some magnificent versions of Teams, you know, Teams Live, for example, and they're extending it and making it more robust and and all of those good things. But yeah, you do wonder sometimes whether the deployment has been done in the way it should have been. And, you know, I always have this ongoing discussion with IT teams around how best to deploy tech and, you know, how you can engage the audience but during the deployment and by deploying the tools in a specific way. So often, you know, these tools are sort of I can't think of a better way to put it, but just sort of splatted out or spat out at employees. And suddenly, you know, you're having to figure out what it is and what to do with it and how best to use it. So I'm intrigued to know your perspective on the best way to deploy tools like this and how to engage the audience through the deployment. Yeah, so it really comes down to who's eventually or who's ultimately charged with the responsibility of deploying a technology. And, you know, you talk about Teams, you talk about Microsoft products. In most organizations, it was the IT department that was responsible for deciding, okay, we are going to become a Microsoft organization. We are going to use Office 365. But when it comes to the actual application of Office 365, it's not IT that's responsible for making sure that it's used appropriately and effectively. So I've seen numerous organizations where they are a Microsoft organization, they use Teams, and that is going to be the be-all, end-all solution. However, when you take a step back and you look at the organization, you say to yourself for a moment, wait, that's not going to be possible to reach our all of our employees because not everyone in the organization has a Office 365 license. So what happens to these 
billions of other people who don't have these licenses. So that's where, you know, there needs to be a greater relationship partnership between the folks in IT and those in internal communications who really have the problem and who know what their problem is and are looking to solve. You know, and that's something that I've been working for the past six, nine months to try and bridge that gap that exists between IT and internal comms. In some instances, I've seen IT departments work hand in hand with internal comms. They sit as partners to the internal comms as a, I like to call it a business unit. Mm. But unfortunately, in most organizations, internal communications isn't viewed that way. They're not viewed as a independent business unit. And therefore, they don't get the same sort of support from IT as, say, a business unit like human resources mm. or finance or sales organizations. Yeah. Um, and that's a challenge. And that's something that really, I believe, needs to change. I think we are going through a change. I think that the COVID-19 pandemic has elevated the internal communications professional in a significant way where mm-hmm. all eyes are on internal communications right now. Yeah. They should be viewed for what they are, which is a business unit that deserves the support of IT and the funds that come along with getting the support of IT. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've been in-house many times before in permanent roles and also in contract roles. And, you know, I've been in conversations with organizations who are selling a particular product, a particular solution, which is designed to support internal communications or be the heart of internal communications. But You know, the thing that I always struggle with and the team always struggles with is the idea of interoperability and how you, you know, synchronize these tools or how you make it clear for the audience how to get the best out of these tools. So, you know, what do you use Skype for? What do you use Yammer for? What do you Mm -hmm. use Teams for? And, you know, bespoke solutions that are often really great and wonderful and have been thought of right from inception to deployment from the perspective of the client don't necessarily always align well with these mass-produced tools that I spoke about previously. Do you have any sort of opinion on how they can work together? So, I mean, I'll give you an example. I worked with Popolo, which used to be called Newsweaver. I'm sure you've come across it. It's an email distribution tool. Yeah. And, you know, we when we deployed that, it was a relatively smooth process. But When we started to use it, you know, employees didn't see it was a seamless integration for employees. But certain departments who had the opportunity to disseminate communication using that tool still felt the need to go with email, a good old fashioned box standard email. And we had a hard job persuading them that, you know, what the alternative, what was good about the alternative. So, yeah, I'm always keen to find out from others their experience of how the old meets with the new. Yeah, I mean, change is a rough one, right? Uh, yeah. No one likes change. No. In particular, employees, they look down upon change. And that is a challenge in bringing in, into an organization something, a new technology. That being said, you know, a lot of it has to do with how you, what the communication is surrounding the change and the value of the solution to the end user. In the case of mobile apps and mobile technology, it's about convenience. It's about 
you know, being able to receive information proactively, not reactively. And that to communicate to your employees that, you know, you are going to be giving them a new form of technology, a mobile app through which you're going to push information to them. You're going to engage with them. And it's not that there's something, some ulterior motive that the company has, but rather that it's really because we want you to, you know, be more effective and efficient and to have information easier. It's transparency and communication. And we're going to push this information to you. We're not going to ask you to have to come and find it. So I think a lot of it has to do with how an organization communicates the change. At the same time, I think we all have to notice the fact that there's only so many mobile apps that a employee is going to download to their their yeah, personal exactly. device. You know, yeah. so I think when evaluating what these new solutions are, it is important that there be some sort of coherent and orchestrated effort to bring together as many solutions as possible so that an employee doesn't necessarily have to download a Yammer app and a employee app and a you know, workday app. You can't expect them to download all these apps unless you're going to pay for their device, which many organizations don't do. And you know, most organizations are now bring your own device. So there are yeah. ways in which to integrate these solutions in a smooth, seamless way that, that will only require the downloading of a single or maybe two workplace apps. But at the same time, it's how do you communicate that and convince the employees that there's something in it for them? Yeah, I mean, it is such an interesting topic. And, you know, that's the ideal, really, what you just spoke of, you know, just having one or two solutions that are clear, easy to understand and simple and straightforward to actually use. That's the dream situation for an internal communicator like myself. And you mentioned earlier, you know, the state of internal communications in the current environment we're in, you know, in this crisis during COVID-19 and the lockdown. And I was doing a contract actually during that whole lockdown, first lockdown in the UK. And it was a fascinating time to be in internal communications. And I still mm -hmm. think it's quite a pressured environment, a bit less than it was, but it's still quite pressured. And, and the spotlight's on us, you know, making the right decisions, saying the right things, doing the right things. And so, you know, if you are an internal communicator and you're suddenly being pushed to make decisions around tech that you weren't being asked about before, what would your advice be to an internal communicator to navigate this vast landscape of various different tools and how to make the right decision? Because quite often people don't necessarily know, people in charge, people who have their hands on the budget don't necessarily know what's on the market. And they leave it up to you to make the decision. So you go by word of mouth, you go by past experiences. And that's one of the mm -hmm. reasons why we chose Popolo, because I knew it from before. And I knew it was going to work really well. And another part of the organization had used it. So, you know, IT were aware of how to deploy it to a certain extent. And I know you have a law background as well. So I wanted to oh, pick no. your brains. <laughs> I, don't oh, know no. I don't know if data protection is your area of expertise, but... Do you have any thoughts on, number one, how an internal communicator can navigate the landscape, make the right decision, and number two, consider the security implications, if at all there are any? 
Sure. I try not to rely on my legal background. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I know enough to be dangerous, but I certainly yeah. don't give legal legal advice. No, you know, fair I think enough. The most important thing at this point, you're right. All eyes are on internal communications. Internal comms is at its pinnacle, in my opinion. You know, communicators have been forced to address all issues that go from health and wellness to safety to policies and procedures. And it all comes back to the internal comms professional who is charged with getting the information out to their employees. So the most important thing from my perspective is being able to answer the question, are we able to get this important information out to all of our employees? Okay. And that means your employees that sit behind desks and your employees that don't sit behind desks. So it's really critical to be effective in our work that we have the ability to push information to the desktop via, say, an intranet and also to employees through a mobile application that where they are unable to get information to these folks by traditional email and intranets. So having a solution that sits in the middle and allows the internal communications professional to be able to push that information out to all channels, I think is critical. With regard to, so that's the first thing, you know, it's like understanding does the solution that I'm looking to offer up allow me to get to everyone? And if the answer is yes, that's a great starting point. Yeah. And unfortunately, (laughs) it's going to be after the crisis when all is said and done that I see professionals and hopefully together with IT will look and say, oh, if we had had this sort of solution, we could have been so much more effective. That always happens. Always the, we call it the Monday morning quarterback here in the States. Yeah. But in terms of, you know, the sensitivity to information and data privacy, that is a challenge. Many people are concerned about it, particularly in Europe with GDPR. Yeah. Um, As part of my work, as senior strategic advisor at StaffBase, I'm spending a lot of time studying the data that we're collecting. Data in the aggregate, that is. Not data that has anything to do with personal information because we don't collect personal information. But you know, looking at trends in how data, uh, information content is consumed yeah. and what resonates the most with employees, you know, if it's a video, how long is a video typically watched? How much more engagement does a message from a CEO of a company get versus a letter that is sent, you know, if it's a video of the CEO, there's so much information. And so we're spending a lot of time analyzing that data to hopefully inform internal communications professionals of the best way for them to do their work, the most effective way for them to do their work, and to really elevate the IC professional in the eyes of the organization as being of of real value to not just getting information out, but also to generating business results. Yeah, I mean, and this is the thing that I say time and time again, and if you listen to previous episodes of this podcast, I talk about constantly the idea of using different formats because everyone consumes their information in different ways. And, you know, you cannot please everyone with a video. You cannot please everyone with an email. An email has got such a bad reputation. It's been trashed, you know, so badly over the years. You know, its reputation is in tatters. 
I think it might be re-emerging now, you know, during COVID because it's become such a solid and reliable way to reach employees. In most instances, like you say, mobile employees are different, remote employees are different, but generally email is quite reliable. It's quite solid. But, you know, when you talk about video, you talk about blogs, you talk about vlogs, podcasts, you know, you've got internal podcasts now, you know, there's so much choice and I think that there's something to be said for trying to reach as many people as possible by using different formats. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of perhaps resource required, not necessarily money. But I think it can be done quite cleverly if you repurpose content, which is something I'm a fan of doing also, you know, taking macro content and making it into sort of dividing it up into sort of micro bits and pieces, bite sized chunks and deploying it in a different way to reach different audiences. It's really important. You can't just say, we'll do a newsletter or we'll do an email and that will be it because people are quite picky, aren't they? Quite fussy. Yeah. And that's where studying, understanding the data is so important. That's why I'm spending a lot of my time trying to focus on this because you're right. You can try new things and you could test new ways of getting information out. That's time intensive to see if something is going to work or doesn't work. And typically, you don't know the answer until you've tried it and it does not work. So to the, yeah, extent, exactly. that, to the extent that you can have uh, data that is known because you know millions of people are on the staff-based platform and we are able to see behaviors and trends in behavior and what works and what doesn't work, that's really going to be compelling and helpful so that maybe we don't have to test out something that has been proven not to work. We can go right to a certain means of communicating that we know is going to at least, you know, 60, 70% of the time going to succeed. Yeah. And that's so appealing for me, you know, this idea of using data to make decisions. And it's something that I try to do. And often when you're working in internal communications, you don't have access to that data. So that material you're producing now as part of your research, I think will be useful to a lot of people like myself. So we can take that you know, information and make decisions that are based on something other than intuition. <laughs> I, I know, I, absolutely. And you know, that's one of the beauties of cloud technology, the cloud, which is that you have all these data points that are aggregating and that companies have access to. So long as it's being looked at in the aggregate and anonymously, there's huge value there. So the question yeah. is, when you subscribe to a tool that's a software as a service, you have access to this information. The question is, do you have time to really study it? That's where me and my work with StaffBase, we're going to do that work on behalf of the internal comms community to hopefully shed some light on what works and what doesn't work. Sounds fascinating, Jeff. I look forward to seeing that material. And thank you so much for your useful insights. You've been a great guest for the podcast and look forward to hearing more about your work in the future. So this was a lot of fun. Great conversation, Kate. Thank you. Thank you.